Welcome to God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained, where you get insight surrounding God, the Bible, and spiritual things that you may or may not have heard before. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, God's Child. Today, we're answering the question, what did Jesus do? Act like he didn't hear your evil, see your evil, or know your evil, but this ain't no laughing matter like it was with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder in the movie, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. While the question, what would Jesus do, is what's most often posed by Christians, hypothetically implying what Jesus would do in certain situations, here we're asking, what did Jesus do? To find out exactly what Jesus did according to the word of God, taking all the guesswork out. And one of the situations Yeshua HaMashiach, a.k.a. Jesus, found himself in while he walked the earth as a man was having people come against him. You know, do him dirty. Or in other words, do evil against them, which can be grouped under Satan's three main ways to get at you. Steal, kill, and destroy. And really, they tried them all on Jesus. And if you're for real, for real child of God, they'll try them on you too if they haven't already. Don't fear though, which is what Satan wants us to do. No, God tells us not to be afraid. And Jesus came to demonstrate for us how not to be. Even in situations like this, And with Jesus being such a huge threat to the kingdom of darkness, he constantly found himself around folks coming against him. You know, them bad actors with them fake facades like they so innocent and looking out for you, thinking you ain't got a clue about their evil. So what did Jesus do? Well, there were actually a couple ways Jesus handled situations like this. And one of the coolest ways was just be his regular old self, as if he didn't even know what was really going on, like a true G from the OG, G-O-D. Now, the bestest example illustrating this is none other than Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. He was one of the ones I told y'all was so close to Jesus, he could probably smell his breath in the episode, What's the Difference Between Demonic Influence and Demonic Possession? And, uh, baby, he was nothing but a snake in the grass, crazy snake in the grass, a low down dirty crazy snake in the grass, crazy snake in the grass, but Jesus ain't let him worry him, no baby, let's see just how smooth Jesus act around him, as if he hear his evil, see his evil, or know his evil. Let's start in John 6, where Jesus testifies of himself while teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum. Unfortunately, the Jews couldn't believe what he was saying, and neither could some of his disciples, which verse 64 lets us know, he called out, saying, There are some of you who don't believe, because it says, Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who didn't believe and who it was who would betray him. Did you peep that? It said he knew from the beginning which means he knew all the two-faced ones, including that cray-cray snake Judas. Keep in mind that Jesus had already been in ministry for a while before this happened. So remember, it says he knew this would happen from the beginning, well ahead of time, even before he had built up so many disciples, even before he had called the original 12, who he questioned if they were going to leave him too. However, Peter basically answers for all of them, assuring they wouldn't leave him like the rest because they believed in him. And, well, who else 
would they follow? Now to this, Jesus says in verses 70 through 71, didn't I myself choose you the 12 and yet one of you is a devil? Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the 12, was going to betray him. There you have it. He knew that thing was going to betray him from the jump. But wait a minute. Jesus says he specifically chose him. Chose him. Chose him. Fully aware of what he was going to do. Jesus, under full cognizance, drafted a known snake in the grass to head up his original dream team. But he was cool with it though. He drafted him but didn't even call him out right then in the beginning for the snake he knew he was with his evil tendencies and deeds. Nope. He willingly made him an insider and let him be as close to him as the others without a worry, like he wasn't a snake used by Satan. However, if we remember when Satan himself stepped to Jesus in the wilderness, that Jesus was still regular old Jesus, as smooth as can be, acting like that old evil thing wasn't the evil he's portrayed as either. But I guess that's what happens when you know truth and rest in power and authority. You know evil and those who do it to you, their place is beneath your feet and always, always works for your good when done to you. All right, I just got to bring something up. Don't it seem like the ones doing evil or with the greatest tendencies leaning towards doing wrong always seem to want to be the loudest, most vocal things about doing what's right or not doing something wrong. And then, don't they like to ask questions about their innocence or try to assure you you can totally trust them? Well, your boy Judas perfectly fits this description. I'm going to let John 12 verses 1 through 8 show you. And it reads, Therefore, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a dinner there, and Martha was serving, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with them. Mary then took a pound of very expensive perfume of pure noir and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who intended to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denar and the proceeds given to the poor people? Now, he said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he kept the money box, he used to steal from what was put in it. Therefore, Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. Did you hear that? Judas trying to play Robin Hood like he was so noble, trying to make Mary out to be the bad guys as she was wasting this top-notch perfume on Jesus, which he says could have been sold and given to the poor. Now, Ain't nobody ask him nothing, but ain't that's what they do? But oh, how the writer told on him that he ain't even care about the poor. Nah, he was a thief, and while being a treasurer of the dream team, he was basically embezzling from his own team. And you know what? Jesus could have outed him right then and there for the low-down, dirty, lying, two-faced thief he was. Mm-hmm, but he didn't. Nah, he just kept that knowledge to himself like he didn't even have a clue what was going on and instead turned the attention back to Mary, not allowing Judas to steal the spotlight with his fake nobility.
Now, if you haven't observed this, usually when folks do evil, they get bolder and bolder in what they do when they think they're getting away with it, especially when they think the people they do it against are clueless to what they're doing or others that may pass judgment or punishment don't know. And that's what happened to Judas. He got so bold, he didn't even consider who Jesus was anymore as he took his evil against him to the next level. As Matthew chapter 26 verses 14 through 16 tells us, Then one of the twelve, named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me to betray him to you? And they set out for him thirty pieces of silver. And from then on, he looked for a good opportunity to betray Jesus. Then, skipping ahead to verses 24 through 25, Jesus brings up the betrayal, never once naming Judas. However, remember, I told y'all how those doing evil against you like to ask questions about their innocence or try to assure you you can totally trust them. Well, that's exactly what Judas did according to the verses after Jesus says, the son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Wait for it. Then Judas, who betrayed him, answered, Master, is it me? He, meaning Jesus, said to him, You said it. So Jesus had no intentions of outing Judas as the betrayer he was. He just casually brought it up. But since Judas wanted to play the innocent part, getting slick and bold enough to ask the question as if it wasn't him, Jesus just let him know, you answered your own question. Jesus could have said, come on now. I know you already met with the ones who got a death wish for me and you done sold me out for a few coins. Why you trying to play me? But he didn't. He just kept that to himself as if he didn't know. Well, y'all, we coming down to the actual playing out of the full act of betrayal. So let's read on and find out what this snake in the grass does and see how Jesus responds. For this will go to John chapter 13, verses 21 through 30, which happens after Jesus has washed the disciples' feet and explained the significance of it. And it reads, When Jesus had said these things, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, Truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. The disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know which of them it was he was speaking of. Lying back on Jesus' chest was one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. So Simon Peter nodded to this disciple and said to him, Tell us who it is whom he is speaking. He then simply leaned back on Jesus' chest and said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus then answered, that man is the one whom I shall dip the piece of bread and give it to him. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he took and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. After this, Satan then entered him. Therefore, Jesus said to him, what you're doing, do it quickly. Now, none of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said this to him. For some were assuming, since Judas kept the money box, that Jesus was saying to him, buy the things we need for the feast. 
or else that he was to give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he left immediately and it was night. Wow. Even after Judas is in full agreement with the plot against Jesus, Jesus still never outright drops his name to the disciples when they ask who is going to betray him. And even when Satan possesses Judas to have him carry out the ultimate act of betrayal, Jesus still plays it cool as if he know by simply saying, go and do what you have to do quickly, which could have been interpreted in so many ways, which one may never think means Go ahead and sell me out. As we see the disciples thinking he's just telling him to go take care of an errand. Think you could do the same if you were in Jesus' situation, being your regular old self, playing it cool as if ye know what was going down. Well, well, well. Now the time has come for the act to take place. Reading in Mark chapter 14, verses 41 through 45, Jesus says, the hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up! Let's go. Behold, the one who is betraying me is near. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs who were from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now, he who was betraying him had given them a signal, saying, Whoever I kiss, he's the one. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. And after coming, Judas immediately went to him and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then skipping over to Luke chapter 22, verse 48, Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? <laughs> Child, all I got to say for this is, they'll smile in your face. Well, well, your evil ways, those God has backed up. God has backed them. They'll smile in your face. Well, well, your evil ways, those God has backed up. God has backed them. So to answer the question, what did Jesus do? Well, in situations he found himself around folks coming against him, he sometimes acted like he didn't hear that evil, see that evil, or know that evil. Being his regular old self, despite being fully aware of what was going on. And you know what? So can we when we find ourselves in situations with those coming against us. Because Jesus said we could do the same thing he did in John chapter 14 verse 12. But don't just take my word for it. I encourage you to do your own study, pray, and read the Bible so you can know that you know that you know. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to receive eternal salvation but would like to, according to Romans chapter 10 verse 9, all you have to do is confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Want a little help with that? Repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again so that I may have eternal life in you. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen.
It's as simple as that. Now you're part of the family of God. Wherever you are, find a local church or a group of believers that can help and support you on your new journey in your new life in Christ Jesus. Many blessings to you as you walk in who God created you to be, doing what he blessed and equipped you to do. You are God's child. Want to bless or show support for God, the Bible, and spiritual things explained? Well, you're welcome to send a financial gift to Cash App using cash tag G-T-B-S-T-E. You're also invited to pick up a little inspired merch from our store at Zazzle.com forward slash store forward slash G-T-B-S-T-E. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with other listeners. Thank you in advance and God bless you as he blesses those who bless his children. Catch you another time, another day, another episode for God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained. Thank <laughs> you.